This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, the season started with a stunning loss to Montana, and the season ended with the most lopsided defeat in Apple Cup history. As Coug fans emptied from the stands like contaminated rats to scurry to midfield and party like it was 1916. And now it's Sunday morning, and as we await the announcement of Washington's next coach, the horror of Friday's Apple Cup lingers still. For the discussion today, we are joined by a special guest, Dougals, and along with my co-hosts and intrepid analysts, Joey Dangerously and Willie Doog, let's kick things off. Gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, what are your thoughts on both the game and the coaching search? Willie, we will start with you today. What's your Twitter guy saying this morning? <laughs> My Twitter guy is saying that the Apple Cup is back in its rightful home, which uh, <laughs> in my assessment of the game, I only have a few things. Uh, number one being the marketing that the Cougars do with that thing of the Apple Cup being its rightful home. It's totally confusing to me because did they create the Apple Cup? I, I, I could be totally wrong and be like, oh, yeah, they created the trophy, so technically – it's at their rightful home. It's not super confusing and, and cuckish because they lose like nine out of ten times, so it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but, all right, well, they need to change their branding on that because it's super sad. Uh, with the game, I knew when the they game go, was over on the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> go, go ahead. Ahead. No, go. Well, I was just going to say, you know, and when they go five and seven next year with Dickert, you know, it'll be back to normal. So. Oh, yeah, that was my next thing. That was the ultimate trap. Oh. Kind of like – kind of like uh, – Jalen Red baiting the Huskies into being able to get rid of uh, Lake is the Huskies baiting the Cougars into hiring a guy because he can win an Apple Cup against the worst Husky team of all time. Uh, and now they're going to have some super boring, like super forgettable guy uh, who's going to win four or five games every year. Um, I knew the game was over on the third play because Delora dropped back and he wanted to throw and he completed a pass at easy, like third and long against the vaunted secondary. I'm like, oh yeah, these guys haven't played a quarterback who actually intends to pass the ball all year. They're totally fucked. They're not going to be able to deal with this. Uh, third thing, I'm creating a new uh, 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 ultimate fighting league. It's for all the Coug fans who desperately want to fucking fight. Uh, you know, we're going to have an octagon, and you can sign up, Coug fans. Uh, the Cougars <laughs> don't have to win or be ahead for you to decide that you want to fight people. And you can sign up, and you can fucking fight people. Because that's what you clearly want to do. I walked back to my seats to uh, our, our bus, and five people, Coug fans, baiting people in the fight. None of, none of the fights happened, but they clearly, uh, you kind of forgot, because I, I do like the Cougs, and I have no real problem with them. But as soon as they got ahead, all of a sudden, everywhere you were, it was just somebody trying to start a fight because they were winning uh, a game by, like, 12 points. So... I, I, that's all I have with the Apple Cup. It's pathetic. Who cares? Uh, coaching search. Now I'm kind of like a damaged woman that it seems like Campbell is going to probably come to Washington. Now I'm like, well, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, wh- wh- why would you want this? Like, what's wrong with him? So now, now it's time for Washington to sabotage that, whether or not they do it before he's hired or it wor- ends up not working. Uh, not to not be facetious, I'm actually very happy. I, I hope 
I never thought my, my wildest dream that they ever could have pulled that off, which sounds like they probably will. And that's all I got. Well, how do we know at this very moment that Campbell is not in some hotel room fucking another woman? <laughs> that too. I need to, I want to huh? call him right now. He needs to, he needs to put me on FaceTime. He's not. He's not eight at the times in the next 20 minutes. Yeah, he's not the Marina Del Rey Ritz Carlton with uh, with Pat Hayden right now. And, and Ronnie Lott. Let's figure it out. Well, that's assu- that's assuming that Pat Hayden is lying that he's still AD there. Well, Lin Swan. Lin Swan. <laughs> Uh, Joey, what, what's, what are your thoughts this morning? Yeah, I can't remember if it was one of these pods or if it was one of like eight different text threads about Husky football, uh, texting, but, uh, I mentioned at least twice that USC will fuck, will fuck their higher ups. So we don't have to worry about USC. They will, they'll fuck it up and everybody else will reap the benefits. I went through a whole week of just assuming Matt Campbell is not going to come here. So I went went a whole week (laughs) trying to to convince myself DeBoner is is like the next Bear Bryant. (laughs) And then they had had that game where they they just plundered San Jose State, and I was like, Hey, there's our next coach right there. You know, he's gonna he's gonna take a, a team with less talent. He's just gonna beat the shit out of them and put them out of their misery. And now I have to talk myself back into Matt Campbell being the greatest coach I've ever seen. So, uh, but this is the that's all. It's all good news. Uh, you know. Cougars can have their one uh, their one great day, I don't know, in history. What was, what's it been? Nine years, losers. Nine years. Yeah. Since the since I mean, I was 2012. At, yeah, I was at a uh, I was at one of my daughter's basketball games yesterday, and some lady comes in with all her Cougar gear shit on, and uh, <laughs> and it's like you know I, I wanted to say like you know. You know, if you lost that fucking game, you would put all those fucking clothes away. Like you, for such a diehard fan base, you wear you wear your fucking shit four months out of the year. Like they get all hyped up around August, and then once they get blown out in the Apple Cup, they put it all away. But she comes in and she's like cheering. It's been twenty five hundred days and twenty. 2,558 <laughs> days or whatever it was since we won an Apple Cup. And it's like, it's like you look like the biggest fucking idiot on the planet right now. Really? One fucking game? Take the, fu- <laughs> take the fucking trophy. You know why the trophy doesn't mean shit here? Because we have bigger and better trophies. No one gives a shit about the stupid fucking trophy. And you know the funny thing is like uh, what the announcers were saying it was uh, Gus Johnson and, uh, and Joe Joe Clad I think yesterday <clears throat> and they say what we seem to hear every year when these uninformed announcers are covering the game and they say but it comes down to the Apple Cup and for Washington fans here in Seattle this game means more than any other. It's like what are you talking about, you know? 
it's the same thing every year, almost, it seems, uh, you know? I've always said, I've always said Washington State cares about the wrong W. They care about um, the purple W more than they care about uh, the W on the win-loss column. That's why you're a fucking bunch of losers. That's why. We care about winning. You care about Washington. That's why. Well, years ago when I was interviewing Jim Walden, the former Cougar coach for uh, for the for the Don James book, and I don't know how much he was joking or not, but he made a comment that he said that he could go one in ten every year, but if he, that one win was Washington, he had job security. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and, and Douglas, what, what's uh, what's on your mind? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for the chin fight. It's uh, it's good oh, yeah. to be back on on the show. Uh, you bet. T- taking a little bit, taking a little bit of an absence there, but uh, you know, you have to lose eventually. If you're going to lose, you're on a nine game winning streak. If you have to drop a game, I mean, it's statistically impossible. We've seen to just beat them forever. Um, although it seems to be close, but, um, but, uh, you know, if you're going to drop a game, drop it in your completely lost season. Um, you know, the, the Cougs give it to them, let them rah, rah, um, let them, uh, you know, have fun at the, uh, the, uh, the gas station bars and, and do what they do best and, and party on. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just really, I'm, my focus for the program right now is, is what the hell is going to go on with the, with the, uh, with the new uh, coaching hire. Um, you know, the apple cup aside, Sam Heward, you know, whatever he, he threw all those picks. It, it was not a good game. Um, but I don't really take much from that. The team, the team has completely given up um, really just a, 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 an unfortunate season. I think if you look at the uh, predict the record thread, I think I said we were going to go 11 and one or something. So, I mean, as far as seasons go, um, coming in top 20, you know, supposed to have a, a gimme game against Montana as a tune-up before going into the big house uh, against Michigan. I mean, I don't know if there's ever been maybe 97 or what was the year that we were ranked number two or something and got slaughtered by Nebraska. But I can't remember a year where, um, you know, we had such high expectations. The season was – or the schedule was just perfect for us um, and and – to go from, uh, you know, basically dark horse playoff contender to missing the bowl game and not even close, right, and losing the Apple Cup. Um, and if you had told me in 2017 that, that Jonathan Smith would get a contract extension in the same year Jimmy Lake was fired as a head coach, I would have told you, like, you're fucking high. Um, and so, um, you know, it's just been a really bizarre year. Um, moving forward, uh, I kinda, I've done – as far as the coaching search, I, I don't. I know everyone loves Campbell. Uh, Campbell's kind of concerning to me. He seems like a polished Sark. I mean, I, I look at his record, and it's very uh, mediocre, like down the board. And I know it's because of Iowa State, and he sounds better, and he seems to have a presence to him. But um, I don't know if that he's elite tier, because um, I think if you put Urban Meyer into Iowa State, they would they would have they would have done something already. Um, and, and his regression this year is a little concerning. Um, I kind of look forward. I'm all in on on DeBoer. I think as far as if I had to choose one, I would go with Kalen DeBoer. Um, and that's kind of where my head is. I hope that the rumors about Campbell backing out of USC aren't true. 
Um, I kind of I, I kind of hope that, that they end up with Campbell and then we can we can slot ourselves into the Boer because I think he's the actual prize in this coaching search. Um, and uh, you know I even just look at his his progress with with Fresno State and with Hayner. You know how many times do we say like are our players shitty or is it just our coaching or our schemes, right? You know you take a guy like Hayner who who we ran off and then he 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 starts you know having a, a an incredible year and and doing what they've done over there. And it's like, well, that's what we need. We need someone who can actually implement a system that's successful. Um, and I always, I always want to go with the guy that has, you know, the process over the individuals and, and looking at his record in the past. I mean, that's tough to do. Um, I kind of did a little research, God forbid here. I thought we were going to start an hour earlier. So I said, why not? Um, <laughs> the, so, so Sue Falls since he's left has gone 24 and 11, right? And he basically rattled off, a ridiculous record over there. Um, you know, his, his time there was 67 and three. Um, before that they had some legendary coach was there from 83 to 2004. They popped off once in 96. Um, you know, DeBoer popped off three out of four years and, and went basically to the final four of that league um, every single time. I think that's insanely impressive. And what we just saw with Harbaugh, Harbaugh started at San Diego, right? Division two did his thing, killed it at Stanford, killed it at San Francisco, Took him a little longer at Michigan, but now here he is at a shot for the, the Big Ten title in the, in the college football playoff berth. And I just think the guys who are good at that level across the board are going to be good at any level. And uh, I just – there's something about that, uh, that that I like a lot more than someone who's going 5-4 and four in the Big 12, even if he's doing it with Mike Riley's players. Well, and 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 – the one thing that when I've heard these Campbell uh, rumors of the last 48 hours or so, and that I've gotten excited, but basically my mind has gone to what you just articulated there is that uh, you look at what DeBoer has done and it's like, Hmm, I almost hope he doesn't end up at USC then, you know? So, um, and I, I have to give, if given the choice, I would lean, I would lean that way. Uh, but there's also the, there's something very impressive about going to Iowa State, which has been a doormat forever. Like we were saying on our last podcast, they've never won more than nine games in their entire history, um, and he's uh, and he's had them over 500 and and uh, you know whatnot. So, I mean, would it be would it be when I think of when I think of Campbell um, in that situation, it's a little different. But like, look at PJ Fleck going to Minnesota. Right, where Minnesota, yeah, we're basically the Minnesota of the West now, but and they used to be good back in the '60s, but but you look at what he did. He he dominated at Western Michigan. He got them to a different level, which which Campbell didn't do when he was at Toledo. He goes into a terrible Minnesota team that have their losing record. He turns it around by year three. They win the Outback Bowl, go 11 and two, right, top ten. Then there's the weird COVID season, which doesn't count for anyone, which is really where Campbell hangs his hat as he beat you know, crystal ball in the COVID season in the Fiesta Bowl, um, even though the UW was the North champs, hang the fucking banner again. But um, you have them this year, he's eight and four. They had a couple losses they shouldn't have had, but they're still right there, right? I, I just think that that would be more, if, we, if you could choose Campbell or P.J. Fleck, a lot of people on the boards would be like, Campbell, we don't want Fleck, we don't want to row the boat. I mean, you look at that trajectory, that's a little bit more promising where you have some guy who's already popped off in a real season taking a program that's pretty down and out and, and has elevated it. And he did it at the lower level as well. Um, you know, I see Campbell, I, to be frank, guys, I don't, I don't really understand the hype. I mean, he, he was at Toledo, I'm looking at it right now, five years, four years, full seasons. 
didn't win the conference outright, didn't win the, the Mid-American Conference outright one time. Um, 9-4, 9-2 is his best year. It's 2015. I mean, I don't know. And after that, it's just very starkish. Iowa State, when you have a down-and-out Big 12, Texas isn't doing their thing. You basically have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Baylor's out there doing whatever they do. But um, I, I, I just I, – I hope we don't choose Campbell. Um, that's just my <laughs> thought on it. But, but, hey, I don't know anything. I mean, I just wear sweatpants. I was out on Highway 99 selling artichokes yesterday. I was uh, trying to find Kaylin DeBoer uh, near Fresno, so tell him to come on home. Willie, Willie, what are you – in all seriousness from your Twitter group, what were you hearing about Campbell? Were you hearing something concrete? Uh, I had heard that Campbell was talking to Iowa State first, then he kind of had some things he wanted – he wanted – them to switch this is all sounds so amazingly like message board conjecture that he wanted like them to switch to field turf and he wanted an nil set up uh and they either couldn't do it or they wouldn't do it and then he did the same thing to usc and then usc either can't do it won't do it or is like dragging their feet and so then washington obviously has field turf and has an nil like uh set up and so that's pushing him to Washington and it's only a matter of time before it either officially leaks out or it's announced. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I had heard. So I don't know if anyone has heard any difference. And this is just literally from like people who supposedly have like uh, booster guys and stuff like that. Uh, that's what I heard. Now they're saying oh, no, okay. Satake, Satake to USB too. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so by the way, you, uh, right when we were starting, Wilcox. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, right when we were starting to to record, I said uh, I made a post on on Hardcore Husky, and I said we are potting this morning with a special guest. And then, um, so Quiet Kowski then posts a a Photoshop picture of Matt Campbell at a press conference and he's wearing a Husky hat sideways. So. <laughs> if you saw me in real life, that's basically it. Um, so. That's pretty awesome. It, oh, are you looking at it, Joey? Yeah, I already, I already looked at it and saved it to my phone. <laughs> And then someone out, Sea Dog, is speculating that we're, uh, we're we're we've got the private pilot who flew from Ames, Iowa, uh, to Bremerton. So, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, well, so uh, so Joey, like, what's your reaction where where uh, Douglas was making the case a second ago about leaning more towards uh, DeBoner over uh, over Campbell? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a, a Campbell number one um, guy just based on uh, his, you know, his uh, metrics and stuff at, at uh, Iowa State. Um, but like I said earlier, I I basically talked myself that he was not coming here and it was going to be DeBoner. But that, now I've now I've moved back to uh you know Campbell's Campbell's our guy. I think he's a I think he's a better fit here like if he was going to go to a um a different program 
than Iowa State. I think he's like a better fit here. I don't think he's like he would work at USC. There's something about like they would uh, like the, he would he would probably not want some of those uh, big five star talents that are all about them and not about you know a team atmosphere. Um, I think I think he could work. I, I think he could work here big time. But you know, not not somewhere like USC. Like if if, if Matt Campbell went to like fucking Cal, like that would be bad. If he went to a place like Cal, it would be bad for everybody. There's there's like you know certain coaches that um, I think it's a you know a, a grand slam as Kimmy would say somewhere, and you know he's a fucking uh, sacrificed bunt somewhere else. So, um, yeah, I I, uh, I like the idea of a of an offensive coach, but a but a former offensive lineman, uh, you know, the head coach, and he's not just like some fucking fake tough guy. Um, you know, they they score they can score points at Iowa State, and they can also you know like keep a game really close against teams that are, you know, outmatching them talent-wise. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really, I can't really pinpoint one specific thing about Matt Campbell, but, you know, I started liking the guy, you know, sometime midway through last year as a, you know, up and coming coach. Mm. Well, can we all put a, uh, put to rest the uh, Wilcox rumors, or do we still need to be have the P, the PTSD uh, that no. uh, we're going to get bit again? No, until it happens, he's 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 there. Yeah, but, I, 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 but if but if 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 the Huskies hired DeBoner, I'd I'd be I'd be fucking stoked about it. So so would I. Yeah, you, know, you can't yeah. go wrong. Uh, I, my my mail guy uh, who delivers uh, mail to the AD office says he saw on a on a tab on Jen's computer the uh, Wilcox licking lips gift. So um, so you guys got to be careful. It's, he's definitely he's he's always there as long as Jen's in charge. Uh, he's he's always he's always present. He's always on the screen. So you got to be careful out there. <laughs> Satter screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> So, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys want to uh, talk about then? And my voice is echoing back to me. I hope that stops. But you cut out. What did you say? Oh, I was saying. So, what direction do you guys want to take this conversation? Then um, I really don't have anything to say uh, about the Apple Cup aside from everybody's been beating up on Asa Turner, and I just think that he's somebody that just needs to stop playing football and quietly become a student. Um, so I, I'm not mad at him or anything. But I will say that one of the most astonishing things I've seen in a long time was where the uh, running back was coming up through the hole yesterday, <laughs> and he comes up from his safety position, and he engages the lineman and lets the running back go right on by. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I've ever seen that in my entire life. Yeah, these, these guys are, uh, unfortunately, the, our eyes, it seems like we're playing in a tunnel, and the, and the video, I don't <laughs> – I, I would have a hard time to struggle to believe that he didn't wasn't finding the running back, but but 
it's just like uh, when we're not, we're just not a well-coached team. I feel bad. I mean, on that note, if you want to talk about the players, I was just thinking out loud, like what would be an all-time raw deal team for the University of Washington? Um, a lot of these guys, I mean, that's, that's, that, would be a, that would be a list to put up there. I mean, a, a lot of these guys, um, it's like their lives have changed forever by saying yes to UW, you know, and, and, and not in a good way. And not in a good way. Um, you know, That's I, I an interesting thread. Well, since since I've been a Husky fan, I mean, and actually paying attention, really, you know, basically after the, you know, the Rick years, um, you know, all I see are just these guys where I'm like, man, whatever happened to that guy? What could have happened to that guy if he had good coaching? I mean, at some point, it's a, it's a liability. Like if I If I had a son who was a five-star recruit, even me, like Dougal's being a diehard Husky fan, I would not tell them to go to the University of Washington. I just don't think that the University of Washington, from the top down, has their shit together enough to to trust my son's future, you know, uh, in in their hands. And and so it's pretty sad. I mean, there was a there was a thread on Bucky, you know, the transfer from from Oklahoma. I yes. was big on that guy coming in. I mean, that's a big time guy. He's got you know six fig Instagram followers and. Um, he's got like true NIL deals, sponsorships. You can follow him. He has like actual professional ads and stuff. Like he, he has the element of a, of a guy that you'd want in a big time program. And he, he didn't leave Oklahoma to, to, you know, see this, but he was supposed to get that coaching and, and go to, you know, DBU West coast or whatever the hell we want to call ourselves. Um, it's just kind of weird how the culture has eroded. Um, we don't do anything big time. I want to shout out Alex Cook. Uh, on on the on that note too, um, you know uh, I think he's just a great Alex Cook is like the old school OKG. He would have been a great role player on like some of Peterson's other teams, right? He tries hard, he plays hard. I mean that kid, he every time he's on the field, I've never seen him dog it, you know. And uh, I think it's important to have people like that in the program with those top end five star NIL type guys who are going to be lured to the big the big time cities and the big time marketing and all that stuff. And UW just somehow has found a way to not, to, we can't capture our market. We can't capture our, our Aussie shucks, blue collar nature. Um, and a lot of these kids come and we don't seem to develop consistently. And we did for a couple of years there. Um, but a lot of these, uh, I don't know what the hell's wrong with the, the program, the culture, what it is, but I feel bad for a lot of these kids, you know, that come in. Like, is it, is it possible that we've had a string of so many shitty quarterbacks? <laughs> you know, like, is that possible or is there something in the water? I mean, at what point um, are we going to actually look at the program itself? Uh, but, yeah, the all-time raw deal team, I'd be curious to see uh, see that put up on the boards and, and figure that out. Um, you want to – I do want to jump in real quick and say that um, whatever it is that's in the water here that is wrong with us, it can be traced back even way before Jen Cohen. And it's like – what kind of university has a quarterback like Jake Locker who has a losing record and he ends up being a Hall of Famer and he's in the Hall of Fame? And I don't have anything yeah. against Jake. Like, he seems like a wonderful person. I'm but staring Hall at of my Jake Locker shrine right now. <laughs> Candles and everything, right? Um, I, uh, I still – I think back on that. It's just like that, that's amazing. It's such a small-time – cult of personality type of thing to do. It'd be like, it'd be like, um, I don't know what, you know, 
before Oregon got really good, it'd be like if they put Danny O'Neill, not the broadcaster, but the quarterback into the, their hall of fame or something where he got to like one, he gets to a bowl game. He loses by 18 points, throws a lot for a lot of yards and he's in the hall of fame and has a losing record overall, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, so Jake won a holiday bowl and that's it. He beat USC, yeah. but you know, Twice. Um, to beat USC twice, uh, but that's not Hall of Fame stuff. So I don't remember what yeah. his overall record was, that's, but it was something like sixteen and twenty-seven or whatever. I don't remember now, but I mean, he, he got a pretty raw deal. But but yeah, that's 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 the small time shit that I'm talking about, right? When we do think it's not about winning, it's about feeling good. Like okay, well we can't really yes, throw them yes. a substantive bone of something to like. Hey, let's we can't hang any banners. So let's talk about that one time that we like passed out turkeys for Thanksgiving and helped the community. It's like, what the fuck? Like, can we talk about like football? Can we actually have a program that we can be proud of? Uh, we talked about the, the fan experience. Holy shit. Has that eroded? You know, we went from mullets and starter jackets going crazy to, I don't even know what the fuck, who's even in the stadium anymore. Right. And, and you can't, that stuff. I just can't believe that we squandered the Chris Peterson years and any momentum, mm. here's how you know it's rotting from the top, right? Because you had three NY6 Bulls back-to-back-to-back, including a playoff. Um, and you had a lot of big-name guys. I mean, the guys from the Peterson era are actually making noise in the NFL. They're all over the place, right? Um, and and big-name guys and cool, and, cool, and cool dudes that people follow and um, are all pro and, and, and actually like the dogs and, and throw their dubs up and all that stuff. And yet, as soon as we let off the gas, the, the, the program completely halts in its tracks. And then you look at something like Oregon, where they go through the, 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 Willie, the Willie years, and, and then Crystal Ball even is not even that great, but everyone else is so shit, he's just kind of like slopping his tits over the conference and winning it somehow. And it's like, you look at them, they, had, they lost all their momentum, they got stopped in their tracks, but they didn't. They kept rolling through, and boom boom, they've already popped off and won a Rose Bowl, and they got Herbert now, you know, and he, 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 he's looking good at the NFL. And, and uh, it's just like their program from the, from the top down is built to last. It's built to persevere. It's built to win. We are the exact opposite. We are looking like fucking clowns. And the big problem is if it goes to super conferences, I have a hard time believing a, a program like UW, which pulls in top 20 revenue, which has a huge market, which does have traditional backing, that has some trophies in its case, things like that, would be left out of such a realignment. But, damn, are we trying our hardest? Like, <laughs> like we're really – and someone said, well, if Oregon has the Northwest market, then what do they need Seattle for? You know, if it's all TV money anyways, we can't even fill up the fucking stadium. I mean, there's some serious problems within the program that make it hard to follow. Um, and it's only going to get worse as the people who care – Start dying off or stop caring. I think that the, I mean, like by I mean, suicide or otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they don't die from old age because they saw Gil Doby run them out with the leather helmet, they're gonna just die from the, the, the Forest Hill Bridge. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just I'm, it, I just can't believe that a program with that much money at stake, um, that, that could be such a positive for the community. And, and, the, and the fans are there. Like, we make fun of progressive techie Seattle and how it's changed and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, there's some truth to that. But, look, the fans show up for the Seahawks. The fans show up for the Sounders. Um, even, the, even the Seattle rugby team, I know you guys don't care about rugby, they actually have a really good following um, comparative to other the, the rugby teams in, in the country. 
because because Seattle fans want to be quirky, they want to be involved with winners. They 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 actually want to you know be seen. The feet are not a popular destination for for entertainment. That's just what it comes down to. The hockey team is blowing up as well, right? Like there's there's thirst there and there's money there, but you got to give them a reason. And and, yeah. and there's just no reason right now to be uh, excited about UW. Uh, we have Oregon alums <laughs> trying to pump us up for the NIL, while, while while Oregon has actual shell companies funneling cash to their recruits, making them have cryptocurrencies and shit. I mean, we are so far behind; it's just appalling. And then we sit here and we try to like pretend like, hey, are we all in and give us some more money? And we have the ridiculous uh, you know ticket <laughs> prices and all that shit. I mean, it's it's getting close to napalm pee patch time, boys. I mean, I'm seriously that is a reason I, I step back because I, I look at it and I'm like, man, what the fuck are we doing? And if Jen Cohn doesn't figure it out, which she shouldn't be figuring it out because she should be gone. Um, but yes. but hey, I mean, this this is where we're at. This hire means a lot. So uh, you know, we can go one of two ways, and um, I have no confidence. But anyways, stay happy, my friend. Hey. Joey, do you do you um, do you remember uh, from Todd Turner around 2006 when he made that comment about um, we want to be more like Oregon and the Husky fan base was just absolutely like like a I don't know what a scorned lover or something just so pissed off and and uh, there was all the talk on KJR and people calling in people on the Dogman message boards uh, just outraged that we would be compared to Oregon like that and then uh, and then here we are. 15 years later and Oregon is, uh, you know, just like Dougal's was summarizing. We're like, we're like shit Creek and they're this, uh, you know, beautiful, you know, just they're in a great place. And, uh, isn't that an interesting well, you contrast? Don't, you don't say it publicly, you know? Yeah. But, you, but back, uh, you know, we all live in envy of what, what, what's happening there. Like, I mean, I, every, this whole season, every Sunday morning, I wake go by. It just makes my life. Can you say that again? Your your voice broke up there, and we couldn't understand you. Oh, I I said uh, every Sunday morning this season, I woke up saying to myself, "What? Why do I have to be a football fan?" Can I just be a fan of something else, anything other than football, please? Um, yeah, you don't say it publicly, you know, because then it looks like we're, you know, we're envious, even though we are envious of what's happened, you know, what's happened with Oregon. But, uh, you know, it's we have this, like, serious case of football guilt going on at, at UW where it's like, uh, we feel guilty that we're, uh, you know, we, we football is number one over over everything. Uh, but don't feel guilty about it. It just is what it is. You know, we, we didn't make the rules. It, you know, it's just, this is just what, this is just what is. It is what it is. You know, go with it. You know, football, football makes a shitload of money. It gets your school recognized. Uh just run with it, you know. There, there's just little little things that you know you can look at uh, with with like Oregon, right? Uh, they run their quarterback yesterday. Uh, they run their quarterback 14 times. You know why do they run their quarterback? 
14 times. Because they don't give a shit about their quarterback. They don't fucking care what he does after after Oregon. Win fucking games for us now, and we don't care what happens. You know, so they're running quarterback power like, you know, like he's Cam <laughs> Newton. crazy. <laughs> they're running quarterback power like he's Cam fucking Newton yesterday. Why? Because it's about Oregon. It's not about what he fucking does tomorrow. They don't give a shit. You know, it, it, it's a, I, I feel bad saying that, but I, fucking win games for Washington. That That's what Washington should worry about Washington right now. Kind of hard to win games when you rush three and drop eight, and then your answer is uh, why you did that is, well, it's worked in the past, in past years. <laughs> well, the, you, you rush three and you drop eight, and then you still have guys wide open. I don't – I mean, <laughs> I been, how, how is that logistically yeah. possible? How are you not accidentally in a passing lane? Like, at, that was like geometrically, – geometrically, how is that not like – and how is that possible? There, I was just sitting there. There should have been passes like, screaming off of helmets, right? <laughs> yeah, at some point, and yeah, you, and no, and not only guys are open, they're wide open, and for like first downs, like where I, I don't know. And then yeah, then the next play, then WSU pulls up, like lines up, and there's no one over either tackle on the line, and they just run off tackle for 11 yards because you're like, why wouldn't I do that? And then somehow somehow you have the worst of – you have nothing on everything, and I don't want to watch it anymore. I mean, I just – I can't – and I can't watch that defense anymore. It's just such a horrible way to go about life at football, and I'm done with it. I it's the pathetic. same running play. It was the same running the play. Same. It was like you're it was you're playing NCAA football. One running play worked, and you kept fucking doing it. Hey, which which side is the uh, which side is the uh, wide side of the field? Which hash mark run? Oh, okay. Well, just uh, flip the formation and run that play again. They fucking kept doing it. So when you know yeah. we're talking about Asa Turner running into the guard, that was like the third time they ran that same running play, and he still did not recognize the running play. Or he recognized it and just was like, oh, I'm, I'm mailing it in and I'm just going to take out the guard. Uh, I don't know. It, it, the, that's why the whole staff just needed to get the fuck out. Yeah, and like you were saying, it's the same thing of just the total and, like, how inept you could be of all year, you know, watching the Cougars, including last year, you're like, they don't run the same offense anymore. And the Huskies honestly got lucky, in my opinion. They never had a mobile quarterback, all you know, in the Leafs years. I mean, if they had a mobile quarterback, they'd probably, like, win it because Washington can't defend a mobile quarterback in the past 10 years to save their life. Uh, you know, that's really what won them. All the, yeah, all those Apple Cups is because they, they faced a, a pro-style quarterback who couldn't escape. I mean, yeah, you saw Delora drop back uh, this besides wanting to throw, you're like, oh, this guy can avoid sacks. It's over. Like, yeah, then it was like they game planned for, for facing, you know, Mike Leach's offense with a uh, with a uh, drop-back pro-style quarterback. And that's anyone who watched one Cougar game, one quarter of Cougar football, knew that wasn't their thing. And they they have decent running backs this year, too. I mean, you can't just completely, you know, not sell out uh, – to that and it's just that's that's a microcosm of the season they deserve to get blown out uh you know 
that that's all you need to know. That staff, good riddance to the the entire staff. I mean, if we were going to talk about anything, I think we kind of started on there. To me, is like, you know, looking at the roster. Uh, you know, depending on what, because we can't, we can only speculate so much with what coach is actually going to get hired. Uh, you know, what on the roster gives you hope? What kind of like, who's going? Who who do you want to leave? Who 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 do you not want to leave? And uh, my big thing is, I don't know if, if I'm Sam Heward if I ever throw a pass to Jalen McMillan ever again. And if I'm a quarterback on a team that wants to take McMillan as a transfer, I might be telling my coach, uh, I'm not going to throw that guy the ball because. Those two interceptions, they're still on Sam Heward to me. I mean, I think Husky fans tend to have a you know a history of blaming receivers for every interception sometimes, but the effort on those two interceptions, I think they're right in front of us where we sit too, was the worst I've ever seen from at least a, a receiver at a game I was at. I've never seen that a guy just basically <laughs> allow a ball to get intercepted, especially when he could have himself made a play actually and totally hung out his quarterback. So the roster is, to me, it's a total mystery. You know, I think there's a lot of dooging and people pop up and are like, talent, there's all this talent. But to me, it kind of reminds me of those Oregon teams after Mariota left where they had a bunch of guys. Those teams were full of, you know, four-star guys, and they just got their ass kicked. And they kind of had this, like, entitlement, I think, because they played on these earlier teams which, like the Peterson Husky teams that were good, actually were kind of led by more more chip-on-their-shoulder guys who weren't, you know, uh, if you could see me now, I'm doing my air quotes, four-star guys, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm worried that a lot of these four-star guys really just are guys who are kind of entitled, who aren't any better than the, you know, three-star guys who are at Utah, who want to win on our foot, want to play football and not run into a offensive lineman and not tackle a running back. So I'm worried about their roster, uh, but I'm not at the same time, I I could see something coming out of it. Uh, So it really to me is very mysterious of, you know, what the roster is and where it's going to go, go from here. So I'd be interested to see what other people kind of thinking about, you know, the specific spots that make sense and don't make sense. Uh, and what a, I'd be interested in what a, a new coach thinks when he inherits this roster. You know, the um, I don't know if you guys had the similar experience or thought process when you were watching the uh, the Apple Cup, but it's like I think it was halfway through the second quarter, and I had this thought like, is McGrew injured? Is his career over now? That's too bad. <laughs> And then 30 seconds later, it's like he, some little guy runs into the pile for two yards, and then uh, it's like, oh, it's McGrew. It's like, it's just almost like they're over there on the sideline with a little spinner thing, and then they flick it, and then it, if it happens, oh, you can put McGrew in. And it's it's like there's <laughs> no rhyme or reason to what we're doing over there, you know. Michigan, I hate it's, to compare it to Michigan, but Michigan has their star running back. They feed them the ball. I'm not saying McGrew is a star running back. What I'm saying is there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to what we've done. Um, and maybe I'm beating a dead horse because we've talked about it in, in almost every podcast we've done this season. Um, but it's just like there's there's no grand plan. There's They don't enter into the – it's just like, you know – it's, they don't they don't have a plan for anything and, and and again I'll mention for a second and final time the the astonishing quote from Gregory after the game 
the, after the Apple Cup, why did you rush three, drop eight the entire game? Well, it worked for us in past years or whatever he said. I, 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 it's, it's almost like almost like you should forfeit your salary with a with a response like that. It's just amazing to me. So they they we joked that the Cougs can just they just have this game. You can we're giving you this game. We're presenting it to you on a silver platter. Take the fucking game. Jokingly saying that. <laughs> Well, I knew we, we had, we no, had chance, no idea. But... We had no idea the coaches would completely mail it in. I nah. mean, that is that. I, I, before the game, uh, we were talking on the bus, like, you know, what, would you keep anybody from the staff? And we were saying, you know, oh, probably like Malloy or whatever. You know, you, you know, wouldn't be opposed to keeping him, like. Now I I don't want anybody from the staff ever stepping on on this campus ever again. I I just you know to go zero and four and to just completely have this meltdown at towards the end of the year. Uh, just get them all the get them all the fuck out of here. So get them all the fuck out of here. <laughs> if if uh, if somebody happens to spot, you know, it's reported that Bob Gregory's been seen in the North parking lot, they're going to dispatch security, or <laughs> you can call uh, you can call <laughs> you can call Wooly Duke Senior. He's got a hockey check list where if he ever sees a guy in an airport, he'll hockey check. <laughs> Oh. Well, well, you can confirm. <laughs> yeah, it's the hockey check. Yeah, it's like, I ever see that guy in an airport. I'm hockey checking. Willingham is number one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hockey check that fucking guy. Uh, Chip Kelly, I think uh, uh, Willingham and Chip Kelly were competing for the top spot, but when Chip Kelly took a shit, Willingham has held on to that spot uh, for a long time. I can't remember who else is on it. Uh, there's some weird ones, but yeah, no, it's a, the staff is a joke. Uh, just a complete and utter joke. I, I, I don't, there's, there's no one you want on that staff and we knew it coming in and we know it coming out. I, I, like clearly as much as I question some of the talent, it's not like some of those Gilby, you know, the, the Gilby cupboard and the Willingham cupboard where you're like, yeah, these guys are just, straight up dogs. There's nothing there. They have talent there. I think someone like Radley Hiles is a good point of you brought up earlier of like, yeah, you watch that guy play and in one second you're like, that guy's a player, but he's just he needs to be surrounded by some sort of structure or put into a structure. He's to me it was kinda of like Miles Bryant, like but but better. Uh but he's totally wasted. Everyone's wasted because they're in the wrong <laughs> the wrong setup. And it's a tragedy. And I really hope that they can figure out a way to fulfill something for these guys and convince some guys that they don't need to go somewhere else. Because we've talked about it earlier too. If you're like, you know, McMillan or O'Dunsey and these guys, like the reality is you're probably going to like Fresno state or like Bowling Green or something like, you know, I get it, you know, but you have to be trying to convince some of these guys. And on offensive line, I don't even know. Uh, I think the coaches might have been on Twitter and just 
reading takes from Husky fans have been like, oh, that's a good one. We'll try that. Because, like, halfway through the Apple Cup, I'm like, wait, that's Fautanu when it left guard. And I put something on the boards, like, a couple times this season where I was like, I'm not, like, an educated football guy, but, like, I look at the offensive line and the body types don't line up to where they play on the line. They're obviously not doing well. And as bad as the four other guys are, left guard is a black hole. It's like, you know, there's five ugly girls, but one of them is way uglier than the others. And why not? Fautanu would look good at left guard. Like, he looked okay, and he, he had the body type of a guard, in my opinion. Why not get your five best guys out there and get Ale out there? Then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, they did that. Like, do, do they read boards or, like, Twitter and just, like, like the McGrew thing where fans were like, why aren't McGrew playing? And they're like, well, fans want McGrew. Fans think we should play guys. Uh, we shouldn't have a 6'2", 325-pound right tackle. We think he should be a guard or center. Uh, or we shouldn't have a 6'8", 340-pound left guard. Uh, you know, let's try things that actually make sense. And, yeah, I I really wonder if this staff was just, like, looking at fucking Twitter or some shit to try to get their points. And it looked like it. I mean, I'm done rambling on that. Well, I'll say this, like what Dougals was talking about a minute ago with the uh, all-raw deal team. It's like you look at somebody like uh, um, uh, Bradley Hines, and it's like, he comes to Washington full of just swagger and bravado and talent, maybe a little undersized, but uh, looks like he'll be a really good fit in the back end. And then he goes through what he went through this year, and you just hope that like six or eight years from now, you don't look over and see him sitting in a bus stop talking to himself or something, and his whole life <laughs> went to shit or something because of, uh, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yes. You, you got to wonder what – I've wondered this multiple times, uh, you know, like uh, the camera zooms in on him or something. You go, what's going through his mind? Like, why the fuck did I come up here? He's going to watch Oklahoma yeah. playing in a major bowl game, and he's, you know, got a quiet December on his hands here. So, I don't know. Yeah, could and be, I want – could be Oklahoma versus Oregon in, like, the Holiday Bowl. So. Huh. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, and, and hey. as we head as we head down the stretch for this episode, um, it might be interesting if we just kind of go around the horn here and, and talk about the the thing, the aspect uh, of the program that we're most looking forward to having changed. And Dougal, do you have a thought in that regard? What what part of the program, what aspect of the football program has bothered you the most that you're most happy to see eradicated here, hopefully in the near future? Hello? Hello? Oh, Doogles isn't there. Doogles has been gone for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I wonder what happened there. I wonder if he got kicked off and thought I bumped him off or something. Uh, We suck, confirmed. So... (laughs) (laughs) Let me uh, check my uh, WhatsApp here. Oh, he's oh he texted me and said, "I was disconnected. Should I call back in?" Yes, call back in. I didn't know he was gone. <laughs> he texted me ten minutes ago. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Well, anyways, uh, 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 so Joey, it, we'll turn that to you. What are your What are your thoughts? Is there an aspect of the team that you're most looking forward to having eradicated? Uh. 
and added the the lack of offense. I want that. Mm. I, I want I want an offense that can uh, score. You have every there's two minutes left in a game or something, and you're like, I want the feeling of this offense will drive down and score. We we do you think do you think Alabama fans were sweating it yesterday when you know they only had scored three points but they needed a touchdown in the final drive? I I I had a feeling like the whole drive watching them like like Alabama's going to score they're going to score even when it was like fourth and ten it was like they're going to score like I want that feeling I want that feeling you don't like of, the feeling of you don't like being down ten to nine in the third quarter, knowing it's an insurmountable lead. <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Apple Cup the other day, it was it was ten to nothing. I was like, game over. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like shaking shaking Wooly Duke's uh, friend's hand. I was like, hey, it's a good, it's a good victory, it's a good victory. You earned it. And then there was guys yelling behind me, you know, yelling about some play the Huskies made, and they were pissed off at the Cougars. And I was like, hey, chill out. It's over. It's been over 10 minutes ago, man. Just, it's okay. You'll be okay. I'm talking Cougar fans off the ledge. Like, like I want that. I, I don't want to feel – I don't want to feel like that ever again watching this program. I, I don't I, – Wasn't it something – Watching Borgie be like seven yards downfield, and he hasn't been touched yet, over and over and over. <laughs> there was a run. He looked confused. He was like, <laughs> uh, like he didn't know what the hell to do. It was so open. I don't know. Even he, he's he's like popping off, talking trash after the game. It's like, don't don't you kind of know in the back of your head, like it will never get this easy ever again for any any point in my life. Like it won't be this easy. <laughs> and you still only got like 130 yards. Like he should have ran for 400 yards the other day. And then meanwhile, we've got Chris Peterson on national TV saying that Jen Cohen is one of the best athletic directors in the nation. And I know that people could say, and rightly so, that, uh, well, he kind of works for her, so he can't, like, trash her. But you don't have to go out of your way to say that because it's a lie. And he he's knows it's a lie. Her, he, he's propping her up on the way out. I mean, is she's he gone, on the way out? Gone. Something's going to well, happen. I don't think she's I think gone. He, I think she's – if – you know, rumors circulate or whatever that, you know, she's possibly going to retire or whatever, but uh, I don't know. If, I, I'll I believe she, that when I just, see it. I think he's just propping her up. I think he likes to do the uh, the same thing Pete Carroll does, which is the positive reinforcement or whatever. So I don't know. Do you see, do you see GIF clips of uh, Pete Carroll on the sidelines going, fuck, guys, I'm so sick of this fucking shit. <laughs> we don't have a collection of Pete Carroll gifts of that like we do with Pete, but the Chris Peterson. No, no, they're, they're uh, yeah, <laughs> they're kind, of, they're kind of the uh, 
they're kind of the same with that. They're not going to really, they're not going to really tear I know, down I know what you mean. anything. You know, you know, it, it's, it's a little positive reinforcement uh, thing that they, they both do, but they do it in a little bit different ways. Um, yeah. Pete, Pete's more like, your, you know, the one grandma that has a bag of candy every time you see her and, you know, Peterson's like the uh, the other grand the, Peterson's like the the or I should say grandmother you know grandfather you know Pete Carroll's like the grandfather that has the bag of candy and you know uh, wants to know everything about your life the other grandfather uh, sits you on his lap while he's mowing the lawn so you think you're having fun but you're actually working with him you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I guess we could start to wrap up here. I haven't heard back from Dougal, so I don't know what's going on there. But um, I guess uh, we'll get to some final thoughts in a second here. Let me check what the, what the current speculation is here from when I said we have a special guest. Uh, so there's uh, the Bourbonator saying it's Steve Sandmeyer. Uh, Sea Fetters Nacho Lover is saying it's Jimmy Lake's brother. <laughs> uh, Grundle saying PGOS, and Benny Beaver is suggesting it might be uh, Detlef, so I'm assuming he means Sonics. Um, some kind. So anyways, on, you, some cunt on Twitter calling Steve Sandmeyer chauvinistic for, you know, saying Jen Cohen. You know, sucks basically going off on Jim Cohen. And it's like, are we really doing that just because, you know, just because she's a woman in a powerful position, you, you can't say anything about her? It's chauvinistic. Seriously. We're really doing well, that. The, uh, he, the, uh, the tweet in question, I agreed with the first part of it for sure. And that's where he was saying, you know, we're getting our, as somebody was saying on the boards, we were in the middle of the fourth quarter getting our shit pushed in at home against the, the Cougs. And Husky, uh, you know, whoever's running the Twitter account is, you know, oh, this catch by Odunzi is fire, you know, or whatever. And it's like, just shut the thing down until the game's over and then let's, let's, let's not be so tone deaf about it. And all the hype videos that he was referring, Sandmeyer was referring to the hype videos and the stupid tweets. Um, and, and I agreed with that. And at the tail end of it, I, I, you know, Jen Cohen deserves as much criticism as anybody. And the, the reference to her was something about some sort of, she looks like some sort of gravelly voiced befuddled old grandma. Or I don't, I don't remember what he said, but it was, you know, you know, I, I it was a little off the reservation, but you know, it's like, you know, what's, we're he, getting, we're in the what's he supposed to say? A gravelly old grandfather? Oh, I need to <laughs> compare her to a man. Like, what's he supposed to say? But you know, people did not like it. But he was speaking truth when he said a few weeks ago, Sandmeyer did on with a tweet where he said um, that she was a fundraiser, somehow a fundraiser, a fundraiser who somehow turned into an AD, and that's absolutely true. So, well, you know, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of those radio guys, you, you know, they're they're just totally they're totally different on the air cuz they don't want to you know they got they've got to play the game and not bite the hand that feeds them and stuff like 
I've always tried to express to people how much different Coach Baird is. Well, now that he's retired, so, you know, that's the last we'll hear of him on the radio. So now that he's retired, I can say, you know, when we were at the – I've said before, when we were at the Stanford game uh, two years ago, he was uh, – <laughs> We're all kind of we're all kind of drinking, and he's sitting behind us, and and we're like we're like what what's the deal with this uh, what's the deal with this defense? You know, this defense is good, but it's glaring in the you know linebacker hole. And he's like, none of these fucking guys would be playing for me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And then he goes on the air, you know, and he's just like, oh my god, he, you know, I really like this guy, and he's. You know these guys are playing hard, and you know it, it kind of was like I, I brought me a little, you know, respect. I mean, I, I he's got a, it's a little phony, but you know, and people think it's phony, but it, you know, he's look what happened to uh, Jordan Simone at at Arizona State. You know, he just he just said, you know, these kids aren't being coached well, and he got fucking fired. So. You know, I I, I no, that's sort right. of that's understand right. the I sort of understand the position he's in. I mean, it's it is what it is. But the whole yeah, uh, going back to that uh, you know that whole game day Twitter bullshit thing. It's like the same in in the stadium experience. Like they're doing all this. You know, they've got their little hype man in the uh, in the student section. You know, and it's like it's like early fourth quarter, and they're like. Hey, we got a prize giveaway or whatever. It's like throw away that fucking script. Throw it yeah. away. You're getting fucking blown out. Say sorry, fans. You don't. You're, you're not getting a gift today because the fucking team sucks. You know. <laughs> Wouldn't that, would that be refreshing? <laughs> you're not getting anything. Don't. You know. I. Sorry, not I, sorry. I hate it. They, they do. They, you know. They. Oh, we. We. Uh, you know. We're getting beat by seventeen. We. We desperately need a hydroplane race right now. But that'll really get us <laughs> cooked up here. It's very. It's yeah, a very I'm superficial the, I'm the approach. Guy, I, I'm the guy in the stadium booing the hydroplane race. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I'm back. <laughs> I we didn't know we, we we didn't know you dropped off and I didn't hear you text me and, and we didn't know you were gone for ten minutes so I had this big setup of a question and I turned to you and then it was just crickets for twenty seconds. They're like, oh, we lost Google. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've I've been gone I've been gone for like forty minutes. Uh, I, I I did a, I did a Sark sabbatical. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it just it disconnected me, and uh, so, anyways, without knowing the big setup, you want to throw something at me, or are you guys signing off? I have no idea where we are. <laughs> yeah, we're about ready to, to we're about ready to wrap up. Uh, Joey, did you had you finished your thought there before I reposed the question to him? I think I was done. My ADD already kicked in. <laughs> okay, Kim. Over. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Douglas, I was just, uh, yeah, we are, we're about ready to wrap up the show, but, uh, just wanted to ask you if, uh, you know, of all the, uh, the suffering that you've gone through over the last few years, watching this football program, the, you know, the, the Rose Bowl and Fiesta Bowl seasons, notwithstanding, uh, and playoff and all, but, um, 
but just in by and large over the last 20 years and, and in particular the last couple of years, is there any current aspect of this football team that you're most looking forward to seeing eradicated with the new uh, coaching change, whoever that may be? Um, yeah, the, just to, you know, kind of jump in the, I think Rody has, has, has touched on it a lot about like the AAU culture of the seven on seven leagues. Right. And, and with the new landscape of recruiting and how the, how, how the players are just way more individualistic today than, than they were 20 years ago. Right. It's, 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 it's almost like, you know, a semi-pro league. And so I, I think mm. with the, with the, the new coaching staff, uh, one thing I loved about Peterson, it's something I try to do in my own life, and I, I fail at it, uh, but, you know, because how, how you do anything is how you do everything, right, and building that culture, right? So if you're, if you're willing to cut corners on the smallest things, it means you're willing to cut corners on the big things. If you're willing to take a little extra time and do things correct on the small things, then that means you're, you're going to do the same thing with the big things, and, and the results speak for themselves. It's, it's, it's why guys like Saban is all about the process, and, and we hate hearing that in the process. Whatever coach comes in, you know, you can't have this, you know, rah-rah frat boy, the, the Sark, the Jimmy Lake kind of style unless you have these just transcendent players that are going to carry your ass. And so whatever, mm. whatever, whoever comes into this program, I mean, I know we knocked Chris, Chris Peterson because he kind of lost his fire at the end. I get that. And he was also pretty seemingly, dis, you know, discouraged by the, the current state of, of how you have to recruit and, you know, now we see the NIL and all and all those games that need to be played, and I can imagine that being exhausting. Um, but whoever whoever we we're kind of like a front running AAU style individualistic program. Um, hmm. You know, we, when we got when we were good back in like 2016, and you know, and 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 Azim Victor and the Death Row Dogs, like that was a team. You know what I mean? And and like we we had built a culture, and Chris Peterson had built a culture where everyone was bought in. I mean, that was the most rah-rah and, like, we're throwing dubs up and we were proud to be Huskies, right? I don't mm. see that with this team. And, I mean, from it, it seems like a bunch of individuals. Like, we have the vaunted blue-chip ratio or whatever that's all important. To, no team has ever won a national title without having 40% of their roster be four or five stars. But you know what? Like, we don't – we haven't done shit. You know, I was looking at the stats earlier. Like, Smalls didn't have a sack this year. That's the number one player in the country, you know, no disrespect. Wow. Right. You know, and, of like, course and it so, is. yeah, and Mark Redman, you know, Mr. All Everything, uh, tight end. Otten was out. Um, we, we suck across the board. He had one catch for five yards. Now, again, he's a freshman. I'm not trying to throw these dudes under the bus. But what I'm saying is we put such an emphasis on these individuals. Like, I can't even get excited about recruiting anymore. Just why am I going to invest energy in this can't-miss recruit who's just going to come in and dick around and not do shit? You know, and so whoever comes in needs to be in charge. Like, and that goes without saying, it's not profound, right? The head coach needs to be in charge. <laughs> but they need to have a culture. Like, there needs to be a, a, an actual identity culture. Like, I'm done catering to the fucking fringe lunatic crowd or the as, as hardcore Husky goes. But, the, 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 you know, these athletes that are, are so AAU and told since they were, like, six, six-year-olds that they're going to be the, the next number one overall pick. Like, we don't, we don't know how to cultivate that kind of athlete. We haven't seen it yet. And we don't even know how to uh, capitalize on it. You know, just like the men's basketball team, we get, you know, top dogs and number one overall recruits and, uh, or draft picks, I should say, and, and we can't even make the tournament. Well, that same thing to some extent has happened with our football team. 
You know, mm. what happened to Miles Morale? Our offensive line was absolute shit this year. We had the, the five-star matter-day guy who was just owning all these dudes that were going to the SEC in the camps, and then he can't even see the fucking field. Like, what's going on? So, so there has to be some sort of cultural buy-in. I mean, that's really what it is. The next coach has to come in with the process. They have to stand by it. That's why I like a guy who has a track record of success at any level and who's an outlier, right? Like not just like a, Oh, mediocre, or he did great better than most people do in that situation. I mean, like a total complete outlier who's obliterated the competition. That means that guy pays attention to it. The details. It means that he has a vision. He has the ability to adapt. He has the ability to, to actually make a plan and get his players to buy into it. I mean, these are simple, basic things you want out of a coach. But from the program perspective, I would love to see us back. 2016 was as close as we ever got. And you know what's funny about 2016 is we talked about, we heard it all over, especially some of the other potters out there about how that team wasn't talented enough to hang with Bama on the field that day. Well, if you actually, now, you know, five years later, if you look at the roster of that team, now they weren't all of age at that point in time. That fucking 2016 UW team was absolutely stacked. We had great athletes, big-time players, guys who are in the NFL all across the board, all pros on every single level, and, and, and they were duking it out with those guys. Now, we didn't have the win, obviously. We were on Bama's level that day. But what I'm saying is that was a team, right? And that was a team with talent, and also they played together. Like, we haven't seen that since then. I don't think, like, 2016 is Ian Victor's walk into that door. But the next guy has to – we have to – it can't be rah rah roll the tape of the '91 team and then we come out with throwback uniforms with a fucking panting husky on the helmet. Like, what the shit was that? You know, like we gotta yes. get back to being Washington. <clears throat> like we're we're a blue collar Northwest school. You know, we are the top dog in this area. It should be us taking the Pac-12 title every single year, at least competing for it every single year. And someone needs to understand that. And if we're a stepping stone to something greater, then fine, so be it. That means the guy does his job, but. The next guy needs to instill a culture. It's based around what what the, the fabric of what's made this this university and this program great from way back in the day. And they need to put it in the modern era, and they need to just stick to their guns, right? And we cannot let the individuals run the show anymore, which means we have to have a better handle on the NIL. We have to have a process on the NIL that's going to allow our players to be successful there, make their money, be happy, but then also buy into what the program itself is, is trying to say. Um, that I mean, that would be my. I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, or if that was even on topic. But that's that's kind of no, yeah. what's what's coming out. But it actually gave me a thought here. You take Jay Kaner, and you put him at quarterback of the 2016 Huskies. Washington beats Alabama. There you go. <laughs> I'm in. Somebody out there is pissed <laughs> off and screaming at their iPod right now. But <laughs> shout, shout out to Slay. Stay on the road, buddy. <laughs> if there was ever a call that, for it to be the boners, that Sway was, uh, is that uh, he was successful at Sioux Falls. So, Sway, uh, <laughs> let's bring the boner home. <laughs> and, and, Willie, did, did you have any aspect of the uh, of the program or the team that you were most uh, eager to see uh, eradicated? Yeah, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, and, you know, uh, Dougal kind of, kind of goes into it a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I totally agree with everything he said and Joey said. Those are two huge things, especially to get fans yes. to buy in on the offense stuff. People want to see offense. You can give them more points, but be able to score. You don't feel helpless. So I'll switch to the defense. I'm, I can't wait to see the prevent defense 
eradicate it. And going back to, you know, what Dougal was saying with, you know, these time is telling that. And, like, I had a, a Cougar fan who's a good Pac-12 fan. He was like, you guys had, like, Vita Vea and Greg Gaines as your defensive tackles, and you, like, couldn't win the division in 2017. Uh, I mean, hmm. it, it's now starting to look to me like all this, you know, hyping of the defense of those years. I mean, the defense should have been fucking better. <laughs> I mean, they had all those guys, like you're saying, it's Alabama time to show them. I mean, like, yeah, they they were really good, but, dude, they should have shut out, like, everybody, everybody given the personnel given the- they had on that. Yeah, the personnel they had, like – I think this stupid scheme they played actually held them back. And again, I would rather give up, you know, a couple big plays and, you know, but all, but then get to see some sacks, get to see some interceptions and just get to see them play football rather than, you know, watch a team march up and down the field and then hold them to a field goal or, you know, uh, let them score once, but, you know, we, 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 uh, we, we kept them from, you know, we, we made them take a long time to do it. I, I want to see defense and going back to your point too, of what Washington is with, you know, blue collar, bad weather, you know, toughness. The program is built on having badass defenses. Let's play a badass defense. And, you know, if you give up a 65 yard fucking go route to a guy for a touchdown, because you gambled and you tried to hit, you know, you, you, you sent a blitz or you tried to pick off the pass, uh, fine. We'll, we'll get you back because next time they're going to, you know, cause a fumble. Next time they're going to pick it off or they're just going to play tough defense and guys aren't going to want to go over the middle. I, I want to see a, a culture change with the defense and a scheme change with the defense. And I want to get back to, you know, just playing entertaining tough defense. And it was the same thing. It feeds into the offense thing too. And, God, I hate all of our comparisons always to be Oregon, but when Oregon was rolling under Chip Kelly, uh, I, I loved watching their defense because you were like, oh, shit, like they will give up a, a couple touchdowns, they'll give up some plays, but you're like, they're going to get a pick six, like watch it, because they're they're jumping on these routes, they're blitzing guys, and they don't give a shit because they know their offense is going to be able to score, and they know that they're going to, you know, they're playing with confidence. And then, lo and behold, they would. The team would – the other team would fall behind by seven, and you're like, this game's over because that cornerback's going to jump that next route and take it back. And that's how I want to see him play defense. I don't want to prevent anymore. I want to go back in time and have them play an attacking defense with Vita Vea and Greg Gaines and uh, Buda Baker and all these NFL guys as opposed to playing a prevent. And I think that's going to get people that want to go to games. I think it's going to rile up the old lunatic fringe fans that we all are too. And I think that's going to happen. I think whoever comes in next is going to have to try to do these things. And if they fail spectacularly, you're like, well, they did it. They tried and not instead we're going to just, you know, sit back and hope that everything works out and play it safe uh, and be glad that, you know, we, you know, we, we didn't give up 35 points for a long time. Be like, yeah, we, Oh, we gave up 42 points, but we scored 49 or we had three, three interceptions and eight sacks and you had fun at the game. And on third and long, you weren't just sitting there <laughs> praying to God. I, I don't want to ever go to their game where it's third and long. And I'm like, even with the personnel they used to have, we're like, well, unless the quarterback throws such a bad pass uh, that the, the receiver can't catch it or he falls down on his own accord or <laughs> Uh, the receiver drops the pass. They're not getting off the field, like most likely. Or there's like a, a random penalty. And that was for years that's been the case. 
for the most part, uh, and I don't want to watch that anymore. Yeah, the the Cougs were coming up on a, it was something like a it was a third and eight or a third and eleven or something, and they were lining up to run a play. And I thought to myself, how sad is it that I'm assuming that they have a seventy five per seventy five percent chance of converting this? They probably you know what I'm did. Saying? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they did, yes. So, <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll wrap things up here, Dougal's, Just to let you know that um, of the speculation that's going on on the on Hardcore Husky right now as to who our special guest is, uh, they're speculating that we're interviewing <laughs> Jimmy Lake's brother. So, <laughs> get those FSP guys in there. They've been doing a they've been doing a bang up job across the country. <laughs> So hey, great uh, great talking to you again, Douglas, and uh, um, uh, nice having you on board here, and uh, and uh, hope to talk again. Um, and uh, guys, great. It's been a very challenging, difficult, tenuous, tedious season, uh, but let's hope that there's uh, some uh, blue sky up ahead here, and we don't fuck up this hire. Yep. Yeah. Go, uh, go Dodge. <laughs> so all right, talk to you guys soon. Okay. Later, guys. Hey, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level of cyber peyote, peyote come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to redo that one, but... <laughs>